You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And thanks for joining Travis Curra and Sheldon Jones on the To and Out CFL Podcast. Uh, Happy New Year, I guess. I don't think it's too late to say that. There has been a lot of CFL stuff going on over the last little while here. So let's try to get to it. Although, first, Sheldon, you Mm. are... Uh, a member of a prominent trivia team in Regina, Saskatchewan. Last week was National Trivia Day on the Thursday, so I got some CFL trivia questions to throw your way. They are not easy. Do you feel like you're ready for the challenge? Yes, of course. (laughs) And I'm not a champion. We won won a perfect attendance draw. So we weren't. We ended. We finished fourth place, but hey. we we won a good prize for perfect attendance. Perfect attendance. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So yeah. my wife and I were out for a New Year's Day brunch, and the restaurant we were at actually had like some uh, Trivial Pursuit cards from. They had to be from probably the mid eighties. And I was surprised to see that there was a, a CFL question on there. So I want to oh. throw the question your way that uh, I ended up seeing on that card. I got it right. The first person to own an NHL and CFL team at the same time, Mr. Sheldon Jones. Uh, John Candy? No. No. Gretzky? No. Ugh. Harold Ballard. <laughs> I have no idea who Harold Ballard is. So now maybe you made a mistake here making me a co-host. <laughs> hey, that's back in the day. Uh, <laughs> he owned the Leafs and uh, the Argos. I, I I'm assuming. Um, I, I got the question right. It was just a wild guess that I had. I was actually shocked that I got it right. But he is a prominent character. In the Beoria show that you can watch now uh, on uh, uh, Crave TV about Mr. Salming and uh, the, the Swedish hockey superstar, the late great Swedish hockey superstar. So that's the only reason I uh, knew that one. Um, which West Division team won 15 of the first 21 West Division titles, Sheldon? Saskatchewan. It is Saskatchewan. <laughs> Which and then just... shat the bed. <laughs> well, I was gonna say fifteen <laughs> yeah. of the first twenty-one West Division titles. Uh, I'm guessing that is during uh, the Little Generals uh, era with the Rough Riders, even before him, and uh, only one Grey Cup during his <laughs> tenure with the team. Now. Which two teams played in the CFL's Mud Bowl? This is the 38th Grey Cup. You remember it well, Sheldon Jones. I was just a young whippersnapper. Uh, Winnipeg and Hamilton? I, I It's total guess. Close. Right? Winnipeg uh, and Toronto. And uh, uh, okay. if we go back to last year, Hamilton is Toronto. So I'm going to give you the answer there. <laughs> That's true. All right, I'll take it. (laughs) Okay, last one. Which CFL team, this is tough, I didn't know it, played in the first 
Actually, which CFL team won the first Grey Cup played on artificial turf? I will tell you that that was the 58th Grey Cup in 1971. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to guess Ottawa. It is the Calgary Stampeders over the Joe Theismann-led Toronto Argonauts at Empire Stadium in Vancouver. Thanks for being a good sport, man. 50%. That'll pass. 50%. That's all I need, man. (laughs) That is all you need. Now, it's been a busy start to the new year in the CFL. The news is coming fast and furious. The winter meetings are actually happening right now in Nashville, Tennessee, the Music City. Uh, The coaches were on Monday here, January 8th, and the GMs are going to be up uh, tomorrow with all the media interviews, and there's been a lot of great coverage, I think, from uh, the media that covers the CFL. A lot of great stuff out there. I do need to mention uh, sad news. Uh, Burke Dales, a CFL punter of nine years, played, I believe, seven of those years with the Calgary Stampeders, has passed away at 46 years of age. It's always so sad to hear when it's just so young uh, to hear that. He's third all-time in uh, uh, net average yards with the Stampeders. So Burke Dales was a prolific punter and uh, loved by all his teammates and seeing a lot of word from Stampeders of, you know, that era Uh, sending out news of word of condolences to his family. And uh, we'll we'll stay with the Stampeders a little bit. An all-time great Stampeder, an all-time great CFL pass rusher, just before the new year, officially announcing his retirement, uh, Charleston Hughes is uh, hanging up the cleats. And uh, I got, and I I realized that uh, people are going to say, you know, McMahon Stadium doesn't have, you know, and it doesn't, the amenities that a modern facility should have. But I think it's such a great place to watch uh, CFL football. And I have spent many a time uh, cheering for the opposing team uh, in McMahon Stadium, but Uh watching Charleston Hughes dummy many (laughs) offensive tackles I think it's 136 sacks in his career Uh, one of the greatest of all time and I I do think that uh, once he got to Saskatchewan maybe we got to know about more the guy uh, Charleston Mm -hmm. Hughes and uh, I have found he's always had time for fans I remember in uh, Lacombe Alberta (laughs) they had this you know raising money for the local sports organizations and Charleston Hughes was there. Um, Darius Bowman was there and uh, Quinn Smith of the Stampeders. And uh, there I, I shot my shot. We got Charleston uh, on the show. I ran into him at the spirit of Edmonton breakfast at future great cups. Uh, just a great guy an all time. Great. And uh, the league's going to miss having him around Sheldon. Absolutely. I got a pretty funny Charleston story. Uh, Well, it's actually, this is one of the few um, misses that uh, Huffnagel has kind of let somebody go. Usually he likes to let them go like one year early, but he, Hughes had a few extra years where he He was still pretty dominant. So uh, good for Hughes on that, showing him that he, maybe Huff made a wrong decision there. But um, so I don't know what happened. I, I got blocked by him on 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 twitter and i 
I don't know what happened. It might have been because I was like, I was really upset that one later, that one bangeable game when Willie Jefferson, I thought he was showboating when he was returning those picks, right. but I, I didn't really realize he was burning clock, which is smart, right? But, you know, I, I thought it was showboating and I thought it was a bad look at the time. And so I, I think I sent a tweet out about it. And a lot of people that day, I think, got blocked by a bunch of different players. And so I, I got blocked by. Hughes and I had no idea but he used to come to the drive-thru at Dairy Queen all the time and the one day I'm just like I'm gonna shoot my shot same as you and so I like I'm I'm handing out his food and I'm like why do you have me blocked on Twitter man it's like I don't and it's like you do and he's like no let, let's talk about this and so like okay pour it in the back store I'll come and so I you know got someone to cover for me and I went out back and just talked with him for like 10 minutes but like apparently he has some person who handles oh, okay. his social media and so yeah. they must have blocked me he's like no I'll unblock you right now and so he did that and then it turned into a big thing where he he's like hey I want to buy my my players some food and so we're like ah, eh, we'll come sign some autographs we'll get you guys some food so it it turned out to be a cool thing where a bunch of the riders came to the store and did some autographs and the whole those team. boys can eat <laughs> well it, it was supposed to only be the d-line and then it ended up being like 80 percent of the team came over so and they can eat. but <laughs> yeah they they definitely and they, they did they did but it was cool it was it was fun and uh you know he was he was a guy like you said we kind of learned more about who he was and like his just he's such a fun-loving guy. I actually got to go for a supper one time with Safanuk from uh, uh, the Piffles podcast. He won a thing, and he took me, and we got to go sit there and have su- have supper with him and memories. It was awesome. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, it's he he did that. He would do that every few weekends. He would just on Twitter get people to enter a contest, and he would take them out. And really nice guy. Uh, so the CFL will be missing him and hopefully you know hopefully he can be a coach or something because I think I think he loves the CFL and I think he hopefully wants to stay a part of it now before I really understood what social media was or how to use it <laughs> and the and the height of the um stamps riders uh, rivalry from whatever it was 07 to probably 2013 really. Um, (laughs) I would go on Twitter as a young man (laughs) and just chirp players. And I really became a Hughes fan. I remember his team picture every single year on TSN was always like this mean monkey. I I like this guy. (laughs) I liked him because he engaged my trash talk and did not (laughs) block me. Yeah. I got blocked by Mo Price. I got blocked by Nick Lewis, John Cornish. Uh, Cornish still has me blocked. Lewis unblocked me. I've talked to him a few times, so I, I think we're good there. But I really became a fan of Charleston Hughes because he engaged <laughs> me. Uh, so yeah. then when he was on the team that I root for, uh, I even liked him even more. So he's one of the all-time greats yeah. in the CFL. We had another retirement quarterback, Dane Evans, retiring at uh, 30 years old. And, man, he quite the run there and so close to a Grey Cup ring. And how yeah. how things would have been different if the Ticats would have won one of those games. 
against the Bombers. In 2019, Masoli gets hurt. Evans comes in. <laughs> the Cats had a 15-3 and record. Yeah. Um, and then 2020 doesn't happen. Now, if 2020 did happen, that's also another, I think, what-if scenario in the CFL. No, he starts for a lot of 2021, gets to the Grey Cup again at home, Tim Hortons Field, gets hurt in the second quarter. Masoli comes in, he's playing a great game, and the Bombers win again in overtime. And then after that, Dane Evans, the undisputed starter, but is clearly playing through some pain and some... I think he had a shoulder issue and he, he was dealing with a lot mm-hmm. going on there and uh, goes to BC, backs up Vernon Adams Jr. last year and this year uh, hanging up the cleats and, uh, you know, uh, the quality of life, being able to walk away from pro football on your own terms. There's something to be said about that. But Dane Evans, uh, not an insignificant run in the CFL, but a lot of what ifs and so, so mm-hmm. close to that uh, elusive Great Cup championship for him. Yeah, it, it it almost seemed like he played better coming off the bench than starting. And so that's that's a very interesting dynamic that uh, maybe they could have figured out a way to have more of a. I don't know, a 1A to 1B type situation where you switch. I don't know. But, yeah, it's tough. And some some players just don't want to be that career backup. You know, like a career backup quarterback, that might be great for some people where you're collecting a check and it's it's probably more than, you know, you're, you're probably 100, 100 grand if you're the back a backup quarterback, maybe more. But, you know, some guys, they might have prospects in real life that, you can make more than that and why not wait? Why not get started with your career and family and spending time? So good for him to, yeah, like you said, get out healthy and, and hopefully you can have a, a long life and after football. And just seemed like such a great guy and such a great yeah. ambassador. He had the indigenous background uh, with mm-hmm. the States, such a great role model in that way. So uh, all the best to Dane Evans going forward. Uh, it's the time of the year when we start to see some releases, extensions, things like that, um, and roster bonus time as well in the middle of it's January. Fun, so It's a fun time for us fans. <laughs> a lot I love of it. changes actually happening when you'd think uh, – it's, it's going to be about a, a pretty quiet time, but things are picking mm-hmm. up here. Uh, the Rough Riders have extended Mario Alford, the dynamic kick returner, for one more year, but have also released Sam linebacker Derek Moncrief. He was a pretty big deal when he came back from the NFL, went to Edmonton yeah. for about half the year, and then back in Saskatchewan. And uh, I think he, he got paid pretty hands- handsomely to play there, but last year... I don't know if defenses kind of figured out their matchups or he was put in the wrong situations. A lot of times he was yeah. covering the top one or two receiver for the opposing offense. I don't know if that was the best situation to put him in. No, he, he was a cover linebacker, but covering, you know, the running back or the tight end. Like he, he he's not the guy who should be lining up against the star receivers of the other team because – he he's father time uh but he's a great guy and so this is the part of the business that you hate because he's great for the community he he you know he found a a good regina girl and settled down here and moved here like they're living here all and i know he on his 
all indications from his his post on X there that he's he's looking forward to continuing his playing career. So hopefully he can find somewhere. But I, I think this is the Jeremy O'Day trying to pull a Huffnagel and you know let somebody go maybe one year before they're they're done. Um, and and making it so that at least if he falls a little bit more, it's not with the riders and kind of cementing his legacy here maybe a little bit more since he is a, a, a local guy now. But it's it's sad. But super happy that Super Mario's back because we know it all it takes is him <laughs> breaking one tackle or juking one way and he can be gone. So uh, as a rider fan, I'm I'm su- super happy that he's back. Yeah, I think Moncrief's not only a great guy, great athlete, and he still has a few, at least in my opinion, the right defense, the right situation. Uh, he's still got a place to go in the season. I'm gonna ass- I'm gonna assume he'll probably end up in in Edmonton for training camp at least because you you know like i'm pretty sure chris jones if if anybody's going to give him a chance it's going to be chris jones right because they have a history there so uh and and he worked very well in a chris jones defense before so hopefully hopefully it works out for him and what a great segue to edmonton which is probably what i'm here for stealing all the news uh, lately here, they've released receiver Stephen Dunbar Jr. He was going to be owed a $200,000 roster bonus, so he, he wasn't cheap, um, but he is now not a member of the team. He gets an early start on free agency, and I actually thought he played a he, he, he took over a leadership role last year. Geno went down, hit the six-game injured list. They were in the midst of that you know, home losing streak, trying to get out of there before Trey coming in. And uh, he, I think he showed his leadership chops a little bit last year with Edmonton, but uh, the chips have fallen and he's no longer a part of that organization. And I think he's still got good years ahead of him in the CFL as well. Now it's not official. Okay. This is official. Uh, The Elks have released Aaron Grimes, a veteran guy who got hurt in 2022 with a knee injury in training camp. He's been trying to fight his way back and has also had some setbacks there. And you want to talk about community guy. He's been in Edmonton since 2013 and has talked about how that has changed his life. So we'll see what the future holds for Aaron Grimes. They've extended Cole Nelson on the offensive line. Uh, You got to have those young offensive linemen that you trust. So that's big for the Elks. But they've also signed McLeod Bethel-Thompson, Sheldon. Uh, with all the playtime bonuses and all of that in, he could be making half a million dollars. And Chris Jones confirming this week that he is signed to be the starter for the Edmonton Elks. What are your initial thoughts here, Sheldon? Uh... This is just Chris Jones being Chris Jones. Uh, like, it's 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 tough because we're going to talk about the other part that's not official soon here. But you you had a starting quarterback at the end of last year, and 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 I believe he even said that that Trey would be starting, and that quarterback rallied with the team, grew with the team, and and won games especially he won the game at home which ended a 
a streak that was not very good for the for the Elks fans and the team. And now it just seems like kind of he's back to square one now here. Like he's he's relegated to a backup. And I see that people are saying that, oh, it'll be great for him to be under McLeod for a year. But this just seems this reeks of desperation. I think Jones, he's feeling the pressure. He's he's in the hot seat now because this is this is year three of four, right? I think so. If he is going to get yeah. fired with the operations cap, if they don't make any changes, it's only one year they have to pay him instead of two. So I think he's in a we need to win now mode. But McLeod Bethel Thompson, yeah, he's a two time Grey Cup winning quarterback. One time he was a third string, yeah. and the other time he he got hurt when they were losing, and Chad Kelly came in, scored some points, and they blocked a field goal to win this, this the Grey Cup, right? So, uh, listen, I think McLeod Bethel-Thompson is a good quarterback. The league needs good quarterbacks. I just don't know if it's... If if this is the right at the except at the expense of a great well not great but a, a good Canadian quarterback who seemed to win the fan base and that a lot of people just really want to see succeed so it it kind of like I said it just reeks of desperation in my opinion but hopefully it works out for them because the Elks <laughs> their fans they need. They need positive. They need to see growth here. They need to have something to cheer for. And I, I think they had that with Trey Ford already. So to be determined, I guess, uh, how it works out. Look, I can't evaluate quarterbacks as well as Jarius Jackson or Chris Jones or G. Roy Simon. I admit that. Yeah. But I I also – McLeod Bethel Thompson is probably a better – well – He's a better pocket passer than Trey Ford is. He, yeah. So I, I guess that would uh, help Trey Ford learn and, uh, you know, improve that part of his game. But I also <laughs> – that only matters to the Elks if he stays after this year. And I don't know if he's going to be staying. It's the last year of his rookie deal. I he's from the you know the Niagara Falls area kind of thing. I I kind of wonder if that's where this is going and where does that put the Elks? Then you've got yeah. once the Trey Ford deal's done, you've got a 37-year-old starting quarterback. Now, he went to the USFL and led the league in passing, so it's not like McLeod has had a year off of football. Mm-hmm. And I do think he's a great ambassador for the CFL. Some of the things that he had to say, flying the flag for this league, wanting it to be the best it can be after the Argos won the 2022 Great Cup, I thought was awesome. Hmm. So I I think he's all in, and uh, I think he's got great accuracy. And (laughs) and there were times when I thought he kind of got jerked around by the Argos until he finally got to... You know, be the guy, and then they became what they became, and ended up winning the championship. But this this is a really interesting move, I think, from Jones. I, that's big money uh, for mm-hmm. the guy, so you're not going to pay him that and sit him on the bench. 
Um, Gino and McLeod could be quite the, quite the you know uh, yeah. combination uh, this year. And uh, the veteran guy <clears throat> that is uh, great in the pocket, has good accuracy, might be good for the Elks. But as a season ticket holder, I was excited to see uh, a full season of Trey Ford getting that opportunity, and it just does not seem like that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Look, <laughs> uh, Chad Kelly talked about how much McLeod did for him. Um, yeah. Does that matter for the Elks if they can't retain Trey Ford after next year? <laughs> well, They're not that's... in the business of developing Hamilton's starting quarterback or whatever for them, right? <laughs> but, but that's the thing, like... If you look at the landscape of the CFL in the next year, okay, we have Trevor Harris. He's maybe play another year or two if if we're lucky. You have Bo Levi Mitchell, same position. Maybe if we're lucky, because we'll have some news on Bo here coming up soon too. In Ottawa, you're kind of unknown right now, or because they have a decision to make here pretty quickly. In Calgary. This year is kind of a make-or-break year for Jake Mayer. So next year, there could potentially be four or five. In Winnipeg, Caleros is... He's only got a year or two left, probably. So there there could be the potential of half or more than half of the teams looking for their next starting quarterback next year. There's Trey Ford. There's Drew Brown. There's Crum. I don't think there's, you know what I mean? Like the market's not oversaturated. So if you're going to upset your, this guy and and the other thing too. Well, the returning Nathan Rourke in uh, 2025. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And possibly his brother, depending on what happens with, with him in the NFL draft. Yeah. Yeah? No, but if you're, this is where I think Chris Jones, the GM gets in the way of Chris Jones, the head coach, because you would have had Trey Ford, like you said, on the last year of his rookie deal, not making anything. Well, that's what the BC you, did with Nathan Rourke. Yeah, yeah. Loaded up. And then you and... surround. Yeah, you surround. You could get, you know, sign an all-star O-lineman, sign another receiver. Like, you could maybe have kept Stephen Dunbar. Like, like you would have had a lot of tools to play with that money, but now – you're potentially paying $500,000. You lost $100,000 on your cap for another reason that we're about to talk to about. You still have Eugene Lewis, who's the highest paid receiver. Like, that's probably close to a million dollars right there on two players and a burnt roster spot. That's a fifth of your of your salary. Remember what happened with, uh, with Michael Riley in B.C.? Yeah. So Taylor Cornelius, so this, uh, it's not official. It, it yeah. looks like it's trending towards him being released though cuz there's no way. There's no way they can keep him. He's already going to get even if he gets released, he's going to get paid 100k uh coming up on Monday if he's still on the roster, that becomes 200k. So, <laughs> training camp makes it 256k. Wow. He has a training camp bonus too. So, I don't know. Is he so, going to Ottawa? Is he done in the CFL? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, like, I really, really, like I said, I hope this works out for Yelks fans. Because if it doesn't, this is blowing up the team level 
at the end of the year. And and then you guys, you're, those fans are going to have to sit through another rebuild. After, yeah. They, they need success on the field. That is... <laughs> without a doubt and I, I guess I just had the way the way that last season ended uh, there were some positive feelings yeah and uh yeah. well and look I think we know what McLeod Bethel Thompson is like uh I think he's gonna he, get those yards he's gonna he's gonna get some touchdowns but he'll be a steady presence it, a great leader yeah. but are you mortgaging your future for one year right you are. Maybe Unless, they don't think they'll uh, be able to keep Trey. <laughs> it just it goes back to why draft him in the first place if you're not going to use him. You yeah. you waited, you waited, you waited. You fired your offensive coordinator, and then you finally the new offensive coordinator is like, let's give this kid a chance. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's so it's no different, I guess. Well. But you see it in the NFL with Nathan Rourke, like we were talking about before. So he, they had all these opportunities in Jacksonville to see if Rourke could do anything because they had injuries to Trevor Lawrence and they had injuries to the backup. But they still they they pushed through those injuries. They they activated Rourke a couple times. Then they lost him to the Patriots, and then the Patriots. What was that? <laughs> score six points. The quarterback <laughs> is playing like. <laughs> and 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 Belichick says, "Oh, Rourke had a good week of practice, so we put him at number two. But then you don't even like. Why yeah. aren't you letting the guy even have a couple series? Like, so it just coaches seem to get in in their way. I know in 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 New England, Belichick's like gone next year, right? So it doesn't really matter to him. But like, I don't know. It just seems coaches like to they like to prove themselves right more than are willing to." do what's right sometimes the bc lions have extended kick returner terry williams so scary terry is back in bc place and defensive lineman sioni tehema uh, i thought he had an impact on the d-line for the lions the other guy that had an impact on the d-line for the lions is matthew betts and he's had a few nfl workouts here and already this week austin mack the rookie cfl receiver all-star receiver for the montreal alouettes great cup champion with the montreal alouettes has signed with atlanta in the nfl and there has been probably about a dozen cfl players uh that have had nfl workouts and we're going to find more over the next couple weeks if these guys are going to get deals and opportunities in the nfl uh levi mitchell we we did mention him but his contract has been uh reworked in hamilton for less money i'm sure a lot of it is going to be playing time incentives and things like that. Scott Milanovic has said it's his job to lose. Um, I thought Milanovic and the Ticats, like Bo just had, I know there was a game last year when he had like five interceptions, Um, Mm -hmm. but bad injury luck, (laughs) especially the second stint on the sixth game where they, did a plunge forward on the one and he ends up like breaking his ankle. Like that was just yeah. silly. Um, yep. And then he didn't get played in the playoffs, but they found a way to hang on to him. 
And I, I don't know if they're going to be able to hang on to Schiltz, but they do have the young Taylor Powell there, who Milanovic, I think, had some success with last mm-hmm. year, especially as a rookie guy getting, you know, kind of thrown to the wolves a little bit with the Ticats here. Uh, Bo, I think, came in with a chip on his shoulder last year. And uh, this might be the last chance to show us what he still has in the tank with the Ticats. Yeah, I think I think this year is going to be a little bit easier for Bo in a sense where, yeah, he had a chip on his shoulder last year, but there was also a lot of fan expectation in Hamilton because the Grey Cup was there and, you know, they have that drought. So and and it didn't go their way. So maybe maybe there's going to be a little less pressure on Bo if that makes sense because you're not in a Obviously, the CFL is a you 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 want to win every year, so you can't you can't think like that. But it's it's less of a it's less of a must win Grey Cup or bust kind of feeling, in my opinion. They have the new head coach. It's 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 kind of a it's probably going to be a real retool instead of a rebuild there. Obviously, with them keeping Bo, so I think if there is a chance for him to regain something, this is a better scenario for him as opposed to last year. And so. more veteran quarterback news, uh, former Ticat, Jeremiah Masoli, a guy I'm a fan of, and you you want to talk about bad injury luck. Man. Yep. Uh, yep. One was completely, well, they're both completely out of his control. One just a straight-up dirty hit, and then last year the non-contact injury. Um, yeah. He's owed $100,000 by the Red Blacks if he is still on the roster come Monday. That is going to decide, I think, what their quarterback picture is going to look like in 2024. If he's still on the roster next week, I think they're going to give Masoli one more shot and then uh, have Dustin Crum behind him, have that mentorship with Jeremiah Masoli. I don't think that's a bad situation uh, for the Red Blacks, but the bottom line is they need to score touchdowns. Uh, and that has been a struggle for them for a long time here. Uh, they need receivers. They need a running game. Although Devontae Williams started to come on towards the end of the year in Ottawa last year. I believe he's a free agent. So <laughs> they need to make sure Everyone's they've got <laughs> a good running game next year. Uh, yeah. Off the field stuff. Uh, coaching stuff. I see... Uh, Corey Mace has finalized his coaching staff, has not made an announcement. It's going to be announced sometime this week. But they were denied permission to speak to Calgary's Mark Killam, the longtime special teams coordinator there. Not really surprising because it would be sort of a lateral move, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, like because he's I think he's already assistant head coach in Calgary. Right. So but but it's kind of weird that this this news that they were denied permission came after they already announced that they 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 kept the special teams coordinator from last year with the riders he's like the he's the longest tenured coach on the riders other than or yeah because oday's not a coach so i was i just kind of thought it was a nothing burger like when i heard the news because what are they going to bring him in to coach defensive back or something like i it just kind of seemed weird there so i think I don't know. I think it's kind of a just a headline for the sake of a headline, maybe. But um, 
kill him. Uh, he's he's the heir apparent to Dave. He's just got to wait it however long he needs to wait until Dave decides to just go upstairs. Which honestly, that makes me kind of sad because I like as much as I don't like Dave Dickinson as a rider fan, I love Dave Dickinson the coach just because he's he's entertaining. He does stupid things, but he's also like he's a heck of a coach too. It just his challenges are so dumb and it just entertains me. <laughs> So I don't I ever like want him to leave. And the Mosses and the Dickinsons on the sideline. Yeah. Oh well, and it, it's it's awesome because that's those are the players that I watched when I was a kid, and now I get yeah. to see them all as a head as as coaches. So it's I, I don't want. I'm all for new coaches getting shots and stuff, and and kill him. He he does deserve his shot to be a head coach, but I just don't want it to be at the expense of Dave Dickinson, but what do you think? I think the the big news is the changes to the coaching staff in Winnipeg. Um, yeah. Mike O'Shea's sticking around, obviously, but Richie Hall, I, I guess, has been downgraded to defensive assistant, and Jordan Younger is now the D.C. in Winnipeg, and obviously, and Mike O'Shea said it, we don't want to lose him. <laughs> and if we don't promote them, we are going to lose them. And I, I yeah. think when when they promoted uh, Buck Pierce to OC, I think the offense really benefited from having those fresh ideas in there. And maybe that Winnipeg defense is going to benefit from having those fresh ideas from Jordan Younger as well. Uh, who knows how long Richie Hall, I don't know, was he going to be a Rich Stubler and Coach for 75 years? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm assuming Richie was, you know, looped in on the decision as well. Oh, He's been a yeah. great DC for a long time. And, and we go back four years. <laughs> Winnipeg fans were calling for Richie Hall. They were calling for Mike O'Shea and uh, ended up getting four great cup bursts out of there and two wins. So uh, Richie had a great run as DC and some great toys to play with uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as uh, those X's and O's on defense as well. And then the special teams demon, the special teams ace, Mike Miller, the, the most special teams tackles in CFL history, is looks like he's having a seamless transition to special teams coordinator in Winnipeg. Yeah. So that's a really interesting move, keeping him in the organization where he had so much success. I would like to see a player coach, kind of like Reggie Dunlop in uh, Slapshot. I think he could still get down the field and make some tackles. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that'd be great, too, to double dip and get paid as a coach and a player. Come on. Hey, could you just pay him as a player and save money on the coach's cap? Well, isn't that what... Toronto did with Moamba last year. I think so. Like, <laughs> and he got paid from the CFL to do the waggle. Like that guy was living his life. His best Enoch's life got it made. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm a, if I'm an aging player, that's the, that's what I would want to do. Like, why not? Yeah. The only thing that's kind of weird, and I don't know how it worked out, is if you're on the sixth game, I don't think you're allowed to like. You're not allowed to practice. That's but true. I don't know if you're allowed to be in the meetings and stuff like that. So that's the one thing that's. I don't know if maybe he was more of an ambassador instead of a coach, maybe. But well, he was making some pretty great uh, TikTok videos during practice. I uh, I was entertained by it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He is. He does some funny TikTok videos of like him and his wife trying to like replicate like yeah. funny like dance and and athletic stuff too. It's it's he's he's a fun TikTok follower. Look at me, sure. this gray beard talking about TikTok, keeping me young. Yeah, and you guys say I'm the old one. <laughs> I look young. And look, you fancy. gotta paint it like Seamus, like. This is all natural. I got the little whites. Oh, just a little, the little patch. Growing in there. Yeah, it's it's so I, it's right at the cut line, so I can just cut it off, <laughs> shave it off. Oh, the benefits and uh, I guess what's the opposite of benefits? Detriments? I don't know. Of being on YouTube, um, <laughs> you can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher on YouTube as well. You can support the show on Patreon. Uh, Happy New Year to you. I was going to dress as the New Year's baby, but again, since we're on YouTube, that would be maybe something for our patron subscribers if you want to see me as the New Year's baby. I... <laughs> Let's do it. I, I think we need to see some New Year's New Year's baby TikToks. Come on. Early in my radio career, I dressed as uh, Cupid for Valentine's Day. And I had to deliver like Valentine's. <laughs> it was like minus 50 that day. All I wore was a bed sheet as a diaper I remember walking into the grocery store and I almost had a major wardrobe malfunction. I was not wearing anything under the bed sheet and it came undone as I'm walking into the grocery store. I was able to rescue it, but uh, I'm glad that those days are long gone uh, behind me. You're not going to, well... I can be I bought. We, yeah, be yeah. Bought. Let's get those Patreon numbers up and we'll see what we can get done. <laughs> Maybe OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> the two and out OnlyFans. Hey, I don't know if We'd anybody We'd get a wants... couple subscribers. We'd get at least a couple, I think. I, I... <laughs> There'd be think a couple. I'm a couple gonna... sickos in the CFL family would go for that. I'm going to put it out. You probably have better more profitable feet than I do. I am not uh, posting pics of my feet on only. I, <laughs> I have a nasty toenail that no, my feet are not. No, 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 no. Hey, there might be people into that. We, like you said, we get this guy on our only fans. I'm sure we get some subscribers. <laughs> Shout out coach Phil. Love that shirt. Uh, <laughs> love it, man. This got so far off the rails. Uh, I didn't see it coming. But that's yeah, my father-in-law will get mad because we stopped talking about football. <laughs> that is the CFL offseason. Uh, there's been a lot of news. There's going to be a lot more. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Travis Curra, Sheldon Jones on the 2 and Out CFL podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 